Welcome to Two Chicks Talk Writing. I'm Isabella. And I'm McGee. Welcome to our show. What would be your one thing you could tell a conference planner? I guess just that they, they deliver what they promised. You know, it's supposed to be industry leaders with the latest info, or it's supposed to be big names, or it's supposed to be a chance to get signatures from a hundred authors, relevant training on stuff that you're trying to hone your skills on. And you have to know your audience for that. So are you, you know, who are you you trying to get to this event? If you look around at your events and you say, okay, there's, I'm just going to pull numbers out of my ear. If you have 400 people at an event and you have six seminars going on and each one averages 20 people, what are the other hundreds of people doing and why is this not of interest to them? So how did we miss the mark or is that cool? They want a downtime. We don't care. So as a presenter, mm-hmm. what advice do you give that you would be telling people who want to present at conferences? What is it we're going to talk about and how are we going to make sure that is what we talk about in terms of the formatting and you know what have you? What would people be interested in is always the oh, always kind of a crapshoot, I'm sure. You know, inevitably, uh, when I went to a women in construction convention of all things, you know, the room that had uh, the latest in cork flooring had six people in it, and the room that had finding peace during your day was overflow. So um, (laughs) now why they had an event at finding (laughs) peace during your day at a women in construction convention could really be, you know, question, but clearly it was the most popular I went to an erotic conference Mm -hmm. for erotic writers, and it was Mm -hmm. all about writing in the erotic genre. And one of the most interesting panels I went to was a guy who did a bondage tying demonstration. And so... You could not take pictures during the conference. It was not allowed at, mm-hmm. during this particular uh, panel. But it was so interesting. And it was interesting from the perspective that, you know, I, I do write a, about a little bondage in my book. So I was very interested seeing it actually, you know, seeing someone do it. And, and this guy really tied her up. And I, I won't even go into all of the stuff that he he did to her and she had all her clothes on. So he said, mm-hmm. normally we would do this naked, but you know, we'll, we'll do it with her clothes on. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to watch all of the women in there because mm-hmm. it was mostly women. There were a few men uh, and some of the, and, and some well-known erotic writers uh, were at this conference, but it was interesting to watch as I looked around and people watched to mm-hmm. see all of these women's expressions as he's tying this woman up and putting her breast in different, you know, bondage, tie up, squeezing, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. position. It was very interesting to me to watch all of these women's expressions. And some were like, Oh my God, look at that. I can't believe, Oh, that should hurt. Oh my gosh. 
and and it was but it was interesting because all I kept thinking of is that these are probably midwestern women who are thinking whether they want to write in this genre or you know they write some maybe some type of erotica or this is their first experience at bondage in that way and then there was a spanking there was a whole spanking panel so you can see where this conference was going it was very tailored to a particular industry that if mm -hmm. you weren't prepared for what you were going to see you would you would probably be leaving those conference you know those rooms going holy crap did that really just happen it goes back to what do you expect to get out of the conference knowing what you want mm -hmm. and what you expect to get out of that conference uh, mm -hmm. By the way, I don't think they've ever had another one since then. They've they had a couple before, but uh, they didn't have another one after that. And I think that it suffered from the idea that you know it's it's a genre within a genre because mm -hmm. a lot of some of the stuff that they were, and I'm not going to go into what was covered, but some of the stuff that was within the conference was even more granular than just mm -hmm. an erotic writers conference you know mm -hmm. you just get, to get into those subcategories and subgenres, and and so it wasn't as well attended as i thought it would be with the spouse and certainly the vacation element of some of the destinations where they set up these conferences i mean the reason your doctor is going to a seminar in you know, the Bahamas is not because that's the only place they can have this event. And right. uh, it is definitely a vacation for probably the family or uh, they may not attend, but one thing the whole time and now it's their write-off and the whole vacation was their write-off. How would you define success for that? They, they may be happy as a clam just having gone to the Bahamas. So right. I, I think that's... Hanging around that's, the pool, having a couple yeah, of, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. adult beverages, relaxing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, certainly one of the, the factors um, when some of the nonprofits are trying to find a city that's affordable for people to visit, uh, they have to have an international airport, they have to have certain transportation modes, and it gets a little tough to not end up in some dicey places. <laughs> and uh, you want your conference goers to be feel safe as well. Too often we do forget that some of us bring our spouses and our families because, you know, it's quite an excursion and an outlay of, of finances just mm -hmm. for us to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we always consider, obviously, is location, location, location. Oftentimes we attend as vendors. So is, mm -hmm. there a, is there an opportunity for us to sell books or swag, things like that? And you have to really look at that. If you're an author and you're attending, is there going to be a place for you to sell your books? Are you going to sell your books? Because that changes the whole dynamic of a conference. Yes. Yeah. If you've suddenly decided you and three of your author friends are going to buy a table, mm -hmm. you're going to put your books out there. Now you've got to come up with a schedule of who's going to sit at the, at the table. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody has to do a rotation. Now you're going to miss out on certain pieces of the conference. You're not going to be able to hang out maybe with other people that you thought you would because now, you know, y'all got to sit at the sit table. At the table. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked, vendor is a whole different uh, apple of this that we hadn't really talked about. And uh, yeah. conferences want those vendors to pony up that money for the table to sure. do what, because they, there's, you know, 
Oh, I'm sorry, you only sold three things. We, when we had our business, we discovered very early on, um, we ended up at a gay rodeo, a gay rodeo in Atlanta, of all things. Uh, and we discovered that if you do not want to be there, you should not even consider trying to be a vendor there because it was hot as Hades. Uh, and it was just miserable for us to be, the setup was not good. It was all uh, outdoors for the vendors, if you can believe it. So oh, with no shade, I'm like, okay, we should have read some more fine print for this. But again, a friend of a friend and a friend, and next thing you know, you're sucked into this and um, yeah, we uh, did a uh, conference called Sheedanism in Las Vegas, and it was at a hotel, and it's kind of like the Dyna, but downscaled, mm-hmm. and we had a, a booth, and while we might have had a really good time, we met some celebrities, woohoo, but um, what we realized is two things, lots of Women were walking around in bikinis and had nowhere to put money. However, that didn't stop them from buying alcohol. Somehow they managed that, yeah. (laughs) Right. And it was super hot, and you had to sit at the table. We had an author with us at that time who we went with. And while we, we sold a few books that didn't pay our expenses, and it was a very good learning experience as to what kind of conferences that you want to go to. Because as we said before, there's all kinds. I've been to Xena. I've been to Shedonism. I've been to Pride events. I've been to all kinds of, of events. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to figure out, is it worth my time? Is it mm-hmm. worth the financial investment to mm-hmm. set up a booth as an author? And what am I going to get out of this? Is there another way? Is there another vendor who could maybe sell my books? Maybe I call them up. Here's my advice to some authors. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a certain amount of rush an author gets when they know they're going to have a table and they're going to be selling their books. And they're super excited because they see themselves autographing books. And, oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. And people are going to come to me and ask for my autograph. And then there's the reality. You buy the books, you buy the vendor table, you buy your, your swag or your cloth tablecloth with your logo and your name on there and all of this, and two people show up. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting at this table for hours. So my advice to authors, if you want to attend the conference, you really need to decide how you're attending it. Are you going as an author you want to sell books? Are you going as an author to learn? Are you going as an author to mix and mingle? And is there another way for your books to be there to be sold? Mm. Call up another vendor and say, hey, if I throw you, you know, 40 bucks for the weekend or 60 bucks for the weekend to sell my books, could you do that? Because having a table is very limiting. Mm -hmm. Having a table and staffing it, you know, because you've got to watch your inventory, you've got to pay attention, you want to talk to people, And then there's the whole idea of being engaging. You know, I've uh, been to conferences and we've had some authors who are tongue-tied when people walk up. And I'm like, this is your book. You need to be able to tell people why they should buy your book. Mm -hmm. And then we've had other authors who could talk the pants off a chick, get her back to her bedroom and have her still come down and buy a book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that as authors, you kind of think about that, you know, what's, Again, it, it all revolves into what are your goals for the conference? 
because mm-hmm. you know we've done Clexicon, we've done lots of conferences, and I, you know, we always we always before we go, what are our expectations? What's it going to cost us? Are we going to have any downtime? You know, what are we going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that people really need to think about that. Well, for sure. I mean, it's not unlike when I was in the band, and they're like, "Oh, you could come play." Okay, so I could drag all my crap all the way there, spend two hours setting it up, play for free, and then tear it all down, and I'm doing this because it'll be good advertising. Let me tell you how many gigs we got from those events ever, zero. But we went to them because we supported whatever their thing was, that that's why we were there. So, um, But like you say, there's a lot of reasons to be at a thing besides just the economic you know, throwback. How many books are you going to sell? I, you know what? I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, how many people are going to come right. to your table? Everybody who I've talked to who's ever had a table, unless you are the biggest dog, um, is less than you can count on one hand. And sure. these were people who I did not think were particularly small dogs. They just, you know, were overshadowed by the, the bigger dogs. There has to be a draw to your table in the first place. Mm-hmm. Are you raffling off two tickets to your conference? Are you, you know, going to raffle off a five pack of books at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. What's what's the incentive to have people come to your table, engage? Um, hopefully, you've written a great book and they want to they want to buy it or they want to meet authors and. But the other thing for a conference, especially in those venues, is it's a way to not just build your brand, build your email list. It's another way to connect with with people. I don't think that just because you didn't sell a book doesn't mean that's a bad experience if you mm-hmm. can have a conversation with them and talk to them because mm-hmm. a lot of times people, um, and we've had this happen, take a picture of the book and go, oh, I'm going to get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You're like, great, thanks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. Um, you know, and that's, and that's happened more than once. And I get it. You know, again, it goes back to I've spent all my money on this conference. Mm-hmm. And I have a limited amount of funds to buy anything. So, right. you know, right. and they don't want to hurt your feelings and say, yeah, I think you're a great author, but I like this one better. So I'm going to go buy their book. But how many of those authors don't think to have a clipboard for the mailing list? I mean, uh, I have gone to conferences and met authors who were such jerks, I instantly, you know, it takes a cigar rep said, it takes 30 years to build a brand. It takes 30 seconds to kill, kill it. You can lose a customer in no time. And I have seen authors do it. I have seen authors, I've seen readers walk away and go, what a bitch or what a jerk. That's your brand, you know, you should, you should be nice. Mm-hmm. You should be ready to ask, answer questions, especially uh, when you go to conferences and people have come a long way from a long distance to be there and paid a lot of money to see you mm-hmm. and meet you and get an autographed book. Um, I've met some, some big industry, you know, some big wigs in the industry. And I would say all but one, were charming, were nice. Uh, I talked to one of their friends and they said, oh, that's their conference face. Because 
that's what they do at conferences. That's how they are at conferences. They're very engaging. They're very nice. But if you were to meet them in person, they're nothing like that. Hmm. And they didn't mean it in a bad way. They mm-hmm. just said, you know, they're really withdrawn. They're very shy. They don't have a lot of self-confidence. And you're thinking, well, that ain't the person I just met. Right. You know, but, you know, they've got a PR person who's talked to them and said, here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with social media, it lasts forever. Yeah, you don't want to be that person going viral because you were snarky and, you know. Yeah. And now they record everything, you know. So. Right, right. All right, so let me turn the corner on you a little bit. Let's say you've had a successful conference. How do they get too big for their britches? We do a conference. Um, it's a small conference, and we want to keep it that way because we want it to be not just a conference, not just a learning experience, but a social ex- experience as well. We want people to enjoy the conference. We want them to t- have great things to talk to say about the conference. I would be crushed if anyone ever said, oh, my God, we're going to have a conference because we felt left out of the other conference. And I think sometimes conferences probably should assess their size. Are they serving their members? Uh, Why is it that big? Is it all about money? Mm -hmm. Is it all about, I want to just grow this conference and be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that sometimes conferences lose sight of what they originally wanted it to be. You know, I think that there are conferences out there that have their mission firmly in front of them and they know what it is and they plan it with that mission in mind. Um, I think some of the hardest things for a conference to do is define who they are. Because if they don't, other people will define who you are for you. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of those things where if you leave it up to somebody else, it may not be what you want. If you leave up, if you leave it up to somebody else, their experiences, um, and they have a bad experience, that's what you're going to be known for. And there are those conferences out there that have that problem. And everybody's experience is different. But again, I think that people who put on conferences should think about what's the mission. What is it that you want to provide to the conference goer? And at the end of the conference, you should be asking people that, did we meet your expectations? If they say, man, you blew my expectations out of the water, then, then you can walk around with a puffed chest and say, yay, you know, you're probably not going to do it right after the conference because you're so tired. But I think that if you go to some people or you hear through the wind, eh, it was okay. I don't know if I'd go back again. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've, you've got to have some reflection. And sometimes conferences die a natural death. You know, you look at, at Book Expo, you know, they're done. They've been a conference that's a huge conference. It's been around forever. And the pandemic, I think, was kind of its final nail in the coffin. They got too big for their britches. It wasn't a great experience for the publisher. Might not have been a great experience. And they need to assess why it got ruined, what happened there. And, and there's articles out there talking about it and assessing why, you know, did it serve its purpose? Has it met its needs? Did it die a nice death or was it a victim of its own circumstances? So that's just my opinion. You can take what you paid for it, which is nothing. 
and uh, you know, but yeah. I, I think having been in both boats, t- attendee and conference um, planner, I think you need to know, you, you need to decide what your mission is and are you living up to that? And now a tip of the day from the writer's toolbox. you should ask an editor if they edit your genre because then you don't waste anybody else's time if they give you an affirmative they'll probably if you don't provide the genre they'll say you know they do a couple of things they'll say look at my website it'll tell you exactly what i do and if they have a website great look for testimonials go through do your due diligence um but find out if they edit your genre because that will alleviate a lot of bs right up if they don't, then you're going you know, to move on to the next one. If you have something you want to hear us talk about, make some comments below. Check out our Two Chicks Talk Writing website at www.the2chickstalkwriting.com. You'll find all of our past podcast episodes there, as well as some tools and tips and freebies you can download. You can also check out our Facebook page, Two Chicks Talk Writing, and our Instagram at Two Chicks Talk Writing.